0: Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Uh, Wednesday morning on uh, All Day Radio on Bry Radio, and uh, today we've got. Well, it could be seen as a treat, I suppose, but uh, it could be seen <laughs> as many other things. Uh, we've got Bryanston Politics Question Time uh, with me in the studio, uh, Mr. Bridges. Morning, everybody, and Mr. Waters. Good morning, good morning. And together we are the obviously the the Bry Politics team. So what we've done today is to ask lots of people to submit their questions. Uh, we're going to uh, discuss them in a in a in a calm. And rational way, possibly. <laughs> uh, we'll put the odd song in the middle just to sort of lighten the mood with things. Um, but that, yeah, the whole point is to uh, have a bit of fun, answer some of your questions. And uh, Mr. Waters, you are the uh, master in charge of questions. Let's am, kick
1: off. Yeah, okay. First question comes from Woody Is regionalism effective in solving common problems?
2: Do you want to go first that first of all, let's think about what regionalism is. So it's the groups of of, of states that try to solve common problems in the world. For example, the European Union. And I would say, well, for using the EU as an example, ineffective. Okay.
0: Um, and that, no, that's next question. No, we, we, we set we <laughs> set up here for a for a clear sort of um, uh, divide here. I think. You know, I think if I'm being balanced, I think no regional group is going to be sol- able to solve all problems. I think. That actually, if you look at, uh, you know, I take a, an alternative view of the year. if you look at what's been achieved since the early 50s in terms of stability in uh, in Europe. Now, NATO. yes, there's NATO backing that up. Of course, there is. Um, but actually having sort of, you know, work within that uh, as an organisation, it, it does seem to have uh, delivered a, a fair degree of stability. There are other regional groups, um, you know, in the, the Southeast Asian region um, uh, and other things, but none that have integrated quite to the same extent. Um, Mr. Waters, what do you think?
1: I think it depends on the scale of the problem. Uh, the smaller things are easy to deal with. If we're going, you know, big, huge scale conflict, I see where these questions are leading to. We know where it's going to go. But the smaller issues, you know, stability in Europe has been the case. But we're just going to bring in NATO as well. But I would say, is it regionalism or also more so those larger, supranational bodies in the UN solving those common problems? I think not having regionalism would mean there are more problems unsolved.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's I, I, I'd i agree with that. And again, without being, you know, that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. Having worked for the UN, um, it's it's almost too big an organisation to to succeed in, in certain things. And I think where you have certain shared characteristics in a region um, and obviously for, for Europe, the shared characteristic was the terrible trauma of a world war mm-hmm. um, that everybody needed to get over. Um, so so that. You know, as, and it doesn't surprise me that Britain's always sat slightly on the side of that, because of course, you know, Britain's uh, experience of World War Two is not at all like our continental neighbours in terms of, you know, we were never even remotely close uh, to being occupied by uh, by by Germany at that point. You know, some people have built that up, but, you know, I, I don't think it was ever a realistic chance and therefore no, no. I think
1: we can afford to take a slightly more distant. And this is why Britain's always been that awkward cousin of Europe because we were never involved yeah. in as much I of think as this what is like, on, the, on the continent. We can talk about Europe later probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure we probably lots will. Probably oh, are are questions to, there, we but to. I think
2: the problem that regional organisations have is that most issues that it needs to solve are global. Mm-hmm. And these problems cannot be solved in silos through different regional bodies you can't stop the melt of greenland from just the european union reducing emissions and you cannot prevent war with hostile states like russia if you don't have if you've got those states that act outside of regional bodies Right. So I guess they are always limited by the scale of the problem and the members of of those organisations, too.
0: I, I'd entirely agree with that. I mean, my only my, my inner liberal comes out at that point And I say the, the problem with that as an argument is you might as well say, well, don't do any recycling at home because it's not going to make any difference.
2: No, but we're talking about the effectiveness of them. And if there's a reason yeah. why they're ineffective, it's because the scale of the problem is potentially too big for them to solve on their own. Through the regional bodies, yeah, I guess.
0: Fair, fair. OK, um, what we're going to do now is we're going to break for the first song. Uh, this is a song from the early 80s. Uh, it's my choice. Well, in fact, a couple of them are. Um, so but I've just put business. them in. It is. Uh, this is. So uh, oh, oh, sorry, I turned the, your, your microphone down so they probably Thank didn't hear that, Mr Waters. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a fun boy three with uh, the lunatics have taken over the asylum. Now, this could be a, an analogy for what's happening in this radio show right now, or it could be an analogy for what's happening in a conference all up in Berlin Birmingham at the moment. You make your (laughs) mind up. Here we go.
3: So much food here today that no one wants to take away.
0: Okay, that's a fun boy three uh, from as I say 80, 82, I think if I remember the year I came to Bryanston that ages me doesn't it um, right so to, uh, to work <laughs> yeah, Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> laugh it up young'uns. um we'll we'll see that one later right uh, okay. second question yeah, is second waters. question comes from Mia is smoked salmon a Tory food and can you have Tory foods it's disgusting first of all no
2: you're not fun no it's horrible is uh, Honestly, how can someone sit
1: there and eat that and think, mm
2: that's nice."
1: It's smoky eggs, fish. A, a, eggs royale, Muffin, horrible. Smoked salmon, poached horrible. egg, hollandaise. No, just me. Just I, am I a Tory? Okay,
0: I'm, I'm nice. quite a big fan of, um, of of smoked salmon, actually. I have to say, but I, know I like fish all round. And you you're not a fish fan. Are you? Is it
2: a Tory food? I think that if you were to,
0: I'd say no. <laughs> I think, I think the thing is, when, when people talk about this, don't they, and this is, haha, <laughs> I'm going to switch into boring history teacher mode. Um, when people look at food and they say, is it a Tory food? What they mean is, is it really expensive? And smoked salmon or good smoked salmon is really expensive, although actually the price has come down since we've had farmed salmon. But, you know, but I think it's appalling for the environment. Uh, yeah, which is which is pretty appalling for the environment. But there we go. People like uh, people like salmon, don't they? I, you know, it strikes me a lot that people would probably say that oysters were an expensive Tory food. But you know, back in the nineteenth uh, century, that's what they used to feed to convicts because they were so cheap and so plentiful that they were seen as like the worst food you could eat. So they gave them to uh, convicts. I think the concept of Tory food is really rather silly, isn't it? But
2: but Mister Waters does eat
0: does eat smoked salmon. He does. And he's a massive Tory, so... On occasion, he's wavering.
1: Do you have to make oh, salmon on blinis with a little bit of, like, caviar on top? I I don't, I don't have them on But sour cream. But I do, nice. like, if I'm off on Sunday, I will make Eggs Royale. I love it. With, is... with a glass of Bollinger for breakfast, <laughs> a Winston Churchill. While, while, while living in the in the in in my 19th century manor that I live in, yeah. Here. With a budgerigar on your head. Absolutely. That, is, yeah, that, absolutely, that is how I live. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving oh, no, on no, no, I want to say um, one
2: thing. Okay. Tory food... Of course, in the
1: 2019 general <coughs>
2: election, the, the group in society that were the largest supporters for the Conservatives were the working class. So, mm-hmm. is it a Tory food?
1: Well, well, if we remember that, do you remember uh, Johnson's, what was it, 72 question style thing, where he said, you know, what, are you a roast dinner person or fish and chips? And it was fish and chips on a cold beach.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know,
1: could be. That could be well, fish thing. and
0: chips are so expensive these days, they probably are
1: the oh, next Tory yeah. food, right? well absolutely
0: but that we might come back to this later that's what happens when you um, cut yourself next from question. a large market on fish
1: next question comes from Lily um, will Putin be pressing any red buttons we're going heavy um,
0: I, I don't think so um, I hope I'm right um, I. You know, it would it would be appalling if we were. There have been reports in the last day or so of, a, of a, what they're calling a possible nuclear train heading down towards. I think the thing is for me, as the train spotter I am, is there doesn't seem to be any sign of any atomic troops moving down there. And Soviet doctrine is to use low-yield, old Soviet doctrine, modern doctrine, um, is to use low-yield tactical nuclear weapons and then immediately follow up with atomic troops who can occupy that area. So these are not like big, you know, not Hiroshima, Nagasaki-type bombs. They're very low-yield. They're, they're designed to just sort of devastate a small area, after which they will move in these guys who are equipped with nuclear biological chemical suits. And it doesn't
1: look like they've got anything like that capability. In they, at the do, moment. do they have those guys available, given the state of the military? I, I,
0: honest answer, I really don't know. I mean, they did have, but whether those guys have already been committed in Ukraine in a different role um, you know uh, the fact that th- there's this sort of partial mobilisation seems to me to suggest no um, because maybe those because they would be highly trained elite troops maybe they have already been committed
2: I think he's probably got a big red button on his desk that he presses every day and actually even if it is the real one there's a whole chain of command that has to follow through with that action and the moment yeah. the moment that, that he makes the decision that he's going to press it I suspect that's the decision that the, the Russian establishment
0: made—the decision to press the button on him. I suspect. Yeah, I think this is easy thing, isn't it? And I, I remember in the days of um, uh, Donald Trump, you know, everybody saying, "Oh, he's sitting right next to the red button." Well, you know, there isn't a red button. There's a a, 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 a sort of bag that they carry around, but then that has to be, you know, cross reference with other codes, and then people have to approve it. So, you know, I I don't think just on a whim somebody's going to turn around and. Put a big mitt on it, like he's on sort of the X Factor or something. That's—I
1: don't <laughs> yeah. think that's going to happen. What do you—what do you reckon, Mr. Waters? I can't see it happening. I think there'll be somebody who would stop it. <coughs> were there at one point during the Cold War where there was an accidental? I'm trying to think back now. Um, there was an accidental. And one of the Soviet generals stopped it. He raised it all. The, the, yeah, um, there was. The, there were a couple of attack, scares. That sort of thing. Yeah,
0: I don't think it's real. There was the other famous occasion where, before a TV appearance, President Ronald Reagan, who we used oh, to yeah. think was the most stupid president in American history, and then we had George Bush, and then we had Donald Trump. So George we, yeah. Bush is going to be
2: saved by revisionist history, I think. Yeah, I think he will. I mean, on that,
1: but, I'm saying same as Tony Blair. That's going to be controversial, but I do think. Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's put that in. Anyway, sorry,
0: just to finish my little anecdote. Uh, yeah. Uh, president reagan was about to appear on a tv thing and he thought he'd test the microphone beforehand by having a joke and his joke without realizing it was already reporting was to say uh i've given the order and the bombers are in the air and we're gonna blow up the ussr or something and then somebody sort of clearly was making sort of cutthroat <laughs> gestures at him um and that speak things reasonably but yeah i mean people don't give these guys all the power
1: no, right. Um, from the is from Ella from the last five prime ministers. What flavor slush puppy would they be? So the last five PMs, if they were a slush puppy, what flavor are they? Wow, are we These going in reverse order? Let's start with trust, and then go backwards. She's like sour cherry, sour cherry. Yeah, I'm going yeah. cold pork chop in an ashtray flavor. It's because that's this <laughs> I well.
0: I, I, I thought watching them um, some of the TV over the weekend, um, you know, I, I, I didn't think I'd ever feel remotely sort of wistful for, for Boris Johnson. But at least he could kind of talk to people. Um, she can't. I know that's just presentation. Um, I, I, I just I'm not convinced she buys anything she's saying or actually more worryingly, maybe she does. And that's particularly concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's not for me. There, um, there was a great vox pop done in Birmingham this weekend where they spoke to this guy and, and, and uh, he, he, he just said, you know, and they said, do you have a message for the Prime Minister? And he just went, wrong job, darling, By like that. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's fair enough.
1: Brilliant. What about, um, what about Theresa May? Theresa May. I was going to say Johnson first. Um, Johnson's very high energy. That ultimately Bull. is bad for you. Yeah. A Red Bull now, seven, monster. Seven, 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 or like a um,
2: boost that you get for a quid. Oh, God. it's bad. Full of, uh, it's full of and you're absolute
1: Very, rubbish. very exciting for a short period of time, and then you feel sick. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. go boost. we will got that. Go boost. I've never had anything like that. Together. Or like
2: a 19p can of energy drink
0: from the spa or something like that. Uh, the kind of thing that D-Boys buy oh, yeah, and then walk yeah, up oh, the,
1: dear, mate, yeah, yeah. walk up from, from Tesco's with, yeah.
0: With the shakes. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Uh, Theresa May is something bland, something boring. I, just ice? Just ice? No, no just not, not just ice, no. I think like very plain chicken. Okay. As a slush puppy? I don't know, yeah. Something very boring.
2: Or like they've not quite put the flavour in properly, so it's a little bit of raspberry yeah. with a little bit of cherry.
0: Not, David not Cameron team. I'm going for something like a Keir Royale so fizzy and posh but largely without substance <laughs> fair dues <laughs> Gordon, well, Bra- Gordon Brown's Gordon is just Brown. a pint of stout isn't he or something Iron like. Brew. Yeah, Brew. Yeah, Iron Brew, made in Scotland and obviously he's
1: Tony Blair well yeah he's, he's
0: oh, Tony, another, yeah. another, yeah. another Socialist. Scottish Scottish gentleman yeah. in power yeah is that the last five it's been a while. Uh, it is yeah, yeah. John major I've... before then mm-hmm. isn't it yeah that's just like a really slightly
1: cold cup of tea. (laughs) While watching the cricket. Okay, question from JP here. Will there be war between the US and China within the next 100 years? Wow. Well, there seems an inevitability,
2: but it depends in what theatre, I suppose. Because do we think of them as going to war in a conventional sense, or is it a war in values... And in cyber, and I suspect that the conflict between the two would be too costly for both. Neither would want to go there, even over Taiwan. I suspect. I suspect both of them, and would prefer its current status to be maintained. As in, Taiwan feels constantly threatened, but is ultimately secured by America. And neither of them will want to give up. Well, China's not going to not be a hegemon, which it might not be if it gets into war with America and America's not going on to lose its status as a hegemon by going to war with China so I suspect it will just pay out
0: over the next 10, 20 years and not much will happen. Yeah I mean I think I think it's it's worthwhile saying and people felt this isn't really opposite but you know the usa and the ussr are at war for 45 years from 40 uh 1945 to 1990. now it's not a war that involves tanks and nuclear weapons and you know and, and maneuvers and things but it, it it was a war i think there will be proxy wars fought um and there's there's quite a lot i think that could flare up in uh poor old, um, you know, long-suffering Africa. In
1: Africa, as people search for, like, rare earths to build... Well, what I'd say on that, I mean, of of the... as, as Bridges was saying, is that not the you know the war on value is already starting? You know, we've seen in, you know, think about 20 years ago, South America, Europe, Africa, most of the world had, you know, more trade with the US than anybody else, whereas now China's increasing its dominance there. Well, of course, Hong Kong too. Yeah, oh course. Hong Kong, of the course. agreement, the of british agreement, that wasn't
2: due to, to be considered <clears> until... <throat>
1: 2054.
2: Yeah, yeah. And China decided to rip it up now. Soon. So yeah, if we're talking about conflict over values, well, then that's probably been.
0: I think we're in that stage. Well, we don't yeah, probably it, so it's fast fast it'll
1: fast escalate, extent, potentially. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah. I, I'll, I'll go back to I think to what Mr. Bridges was saying before. I think at the moment there's not really a contest in terms of military power. You know, the USA is a much, much stronger military power. Uh, and at the moment, a lot of Chinese economic power depends upon exports to the West. Of which course, would that's be, the thing, isn't it? Which would be crippled by any war. And if that undercut the Chinese economy. So in 20 years time, let's say that China has built a sufficiently large domestic and local base to be able to absorb its pro- mm-hmm. its products. And has managed to invest the huge amounts of money required to be able to have that ability to project power that the Americans do with eleven nuclear-powered aircraft carrier groups. Mm-hmm. You know the Chinese, I think, currently have two. Yeah. Um, and if you're operating in the Pacific, as we saw between forty-one and forty-five, that's 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 going to come unstuck. So I think if there is any kind of conflict at all, it's it's twenty years plus down the line. At which point I'll just be sitting somewhere in a chair with a tartan blanket over my knees, sort of gibbering slightly and watching Holmes under the hammer. That um, is classic. Right, I, do we... I love that about half term. To... Oh, I know. Isn't that yeah. great? But they've got a new presenter I'm Not lots so sure on. Dion Dublin. No, this Not Dion. Deal with. Another one. Oh, they've got another one. Yeah. Dion Dublin's uh, great. I know. You the, guys, are, Christie's um, a big fan of this well. if anybody's listening to right? Should we have a quick break for a Let's song? Let's have a quick yeah, break. Here yeah, here we go. Here's a bit of James Brown. This will wake you up. Ah!
3: Check it HAHA <laughs>
0: Okay, that's the godfather of soul, James Brown, and also a convicted criminal, I believe. He shot somebody or other at some point, but there we go. Uh, Great musician,
1: great tune. Um, That'll wake you up on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's a good tune, isn't it? Absolutely. What do we got Uh, up next? Giselle's got a question. How long do you think Liz Truss is going to last as PM? We actually have a cafe bet on this, if we recall. Yeah, D. We do. do. Oh, Can I can't remember what I said. You said February. Bridges went spring, and I trying to win it went for June, which I think is optimistic.
0: <laughs> so between February and spring, I'm going now about five fifteen PM today. Yeah, no, I'm not. What past five? Um, Golly. <laughs> when when conservative ex ministers are actively walking around their um their their. Th- they're meeting up in, in Birmingham and discussing who's going to be the next prime minister. Um, you got a problem. Um, what do you reckon, Bridget?
2: I think the Tories have got a huge problem. The, 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 so <coughs> the rules behind this are that they cannot be, she cannot be removed for 12 months unless the mm-hmm. leadership election rules are changed. Graham Brady was pretty clear that he wasn't in the habit of changing rules Mid game when Boris was going through the process, I suspect that still stands. Mm-hmm. I also suspect that our constitution will be particularly frayed if there is another change in prime minister without an election. And I suspect if the conservatives want to get rid of the prime minister, the calls for a general election are going to be huge. And the conservatives cannot afford a general election, so I suspect. That trust actually, although I said February, and uh, I suspect was that was saying. more our hope than expectation. Look. She's probably locked in until the election in
0: 2024, and I, I suspect that's probably the most likely. I think parent. it's. I mean, it's. It's. Mm. It's. It's. It's come to a pretty sad pass, I have to say. And I know we're going to be talking other things later, and I'm not trying to link everything to Brexit, but I am going to do with this one thing. I think the problem for the Conservative Party that Brexit has brought them. And obviously, we're six years on now. Is that it has led to a polarisation of opinion within this the oldest and most successful political party in the world, and basically all the grown-ups have been ejected from the party, and and most of them, you know, inside the uh, the parliamentary party originally supported Remain, and the Leave was a fringe group, but because that's been taken and run with, and so the people left are either the people who are ideologues and we've seen the consequences of that recently or they're people like Truss who've sold out their own personal convictions in order to gain popularity and we're talking about the government here and not necessarily conservative we're not talking about with yeah we're not talking about people this isn't about what people voted for but the conservative party is left having to be a hard brexit party and you know nobody knew what kind of Brexit they want, and, and it's just sort of polarised the party to such an extent that I think they're just talking to themselves now. And, and they don't really have a handle on what... And most people don't care about enterprise zones in 10 years' time. Or uh, if we make cuts now, the thing will grow. They're worried about what's happening this winter. And if you treat them as being childish for being worried about that, um, in the interest of long-term gro- uh, gain because you can absorb the hit, which most of them can and most of us can can absorb a hit. But actually, a lot of people can't. I think it just sounds tin-eared and tone-deaf and out of touch with reality.
1: It does. So on that, moving to our next question, which is linked from Ashton. What do we think of Quasi Quatern's U-turn on the tax cuts? Kami Quasi. Kami budget. Uh, where do you even context start here. well let's He's he I will start so uh, context here <coughs> we cut the 45% um, income tax rate for top earners over 150k a year however the basic rate of tax has been cut from twenty two nineteen. to 19 that will help put money in people's pockets more I know it provides less pub, you know, fewer public services That's, and it's, you know, it's an unfunded tax cut but that has remained he's not u-turned on that which helps the most people I
0: I agree. I think I'd I'd almost refer to my, what I was just talking about. It might, it might conceivably, I don't think it is, it might conceivably be good economics. But what it was, was incredibly bad politics. That at a time when lots of people are facing a real pinch on the bottom, you send the message that you're going to help out the most wealthy. And that is, it's dumb. It's just, stupid and you know for me the problem was and i sent a text to 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 bridges here about this and i won't repeat the words i used to him the initial thing about the 45p rate they came across as a bit nasty and then they messed it all up so they were then incompetent and nasty and then they u-turned on it so now they're weak incompetent and nasty and that's a pretty fatal combination um so i think it was ridiculous and, and politically naive to put it in in the first place they were always going to have to retreat from it um, and they've you know they've they've spent a lot of their political capital
2: and I think yeah. that is really important that the, 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 the criticism <coughs> of, of the policy and not necessarily of the people that are making the policy it's not a it's not a personal witch hunt against these people it's just a saying this policy doesn't fit the current climate so why are, are you doing it and it's up to the the moderate conservative MPs to use their influence as backbenchers to say this can't happen just in line with the inflationary rise in benefit payments that the, that the government are proposing to stop while the conservative backbenchers are saying well you've got to get it through us first and mm-hmm. we are going to stop that if you try to make that happen so there are some moderates left and i think the Conservatives have got to hope that they are feel increasingly valued and increasingly confident to, to use their voices because that's where the, the future of the party but this is. also
0: for me this is this tin eared bit isn't it that a lot of those who are making these speeches seem to think that being on benefits and being in work aren't the same thing now 40 percent of people who get universal credit are in employment They're just in employment so low paid that they have. So this kind of mantra of, oh, we won't increase benefits because that's a disincentive to work. These people are working and sometimes they're working at more than one thing. Um, And so if you're saying, well, look, inflation's going up at nine percent, your food's going up at nine percent, but it's only right to encourage you to do something else that we cap your your uh, your benefits at five
1: percent. You know, that's almost kind of Victorian, isn't it? it is. Um, just of so segue into the next question from Billy. Do you think Keir Starmer would be a good Prime Minister? And if not, who should replace Liz Truss? Is it a Labour moment? I think the momentum's with them. And I think there's an inevitability about their
2: victory. I think it's just what can Labour do? What can Sir Keir do between now and 2024 or 2020. Well, yeah, it probably will be 2024, won't it? What can he
1: do between now and then to ensure that the victory is as big as possible? Well, what I was thinking about, you know, in Starmer's conference speech last week, he was saying this is a Labour moment. I was thinking about Clement Attlee, 1945. The government, that that national government, that coalition between the Tories, Labour and national Liberals, had proven that the big state worked during the war and having state intervention was a good thing. We have just had that with COVID, this big state, and seen that the state can benefit people's lives. So it's not a case of a Thatcherite, minimal night watchman state backing off. Is it now time for actually the, the, the big state works? And it is a moment in history where Labour is good. I think it's probably more um, it's probably
2: more Wilson than that, Leo Blair.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, personally, um, I think it's just, possibly time to have people have accused Keir being of being boring maybe it's time for a bit of boring I think I've almost had enough of interesting for the time being, we said this the other morning didn't we Bridges, yeah. it's a, an ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times, <laughs> um, so maybe less of that, we're going to go to a bit of Bob Marley now and then we'll come back for the last few questions
4: Like a diamond I want jam
0: it. I want jam it. Ah, there we go, the mellifluous tones of Bob Marley on a, on a, on a, on a Wednesday morning. Um, we, I mean, we've really enjoyed today, haven't we, lads? We've, uh, it's been fantastic. Fantastic. we've had a great time. This. Um, I mean, what, what we quite like, actually, is this opportunity that we don't often get... To sort of debate and talk among ourselves. And if that's something that you quite like, we might look to sort of do another couple of sessions for those of you who I'd study as politics. well
1: getting you know people submitting questions on forms you know, all the politics kids doing it fantastic engagement yeah. great to see and you know I think more of this would be yeah, it's great amazing for the school it's been good it's been good
0: um, um, we are gonna go for one last question I think we've got to be done in a couple of minutes
1: yeah. and then we'll play out with something so if you had question from Mia if you had to sacrifice one person from the politics department out of you three who would it be I'm happy to go first. Okay. Or, okay, you go first. Right, I reckon this is this is an exercise in RTFQ. Read the. Full question. The key word there is sacrifice, which I think means it's not about throwing someone out of a balloon, it's about sacrificing for some higher being, maybe to get a, a government that's competent. So you want to sacrifice your most valuable asset. And I have it on good authority that the oracle of Mr. Vincent makes a really good roast chicken mashed potato roast Sunday oh, dinner. I date. Therefore he is clearly the most valuable of the three of us, and he's the man I'm sacrificing. I, I, I tell you what, Whoa. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna self-immolate
0: here and self-sacrifice myself, and I can go and spend a bit more time uh, out in the garden with the chickens and maybe. I've been in waters. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no reading the question. I'll just get rid
2: of him. <laughs>
1: that feels like for the future. Yeah, right, never see you mind. later. Um, Thank you very much.
0: I, I think. Well, and and but Bridges could be binning himself slightly by climbing the greasy
1: pole. So. Uh, hey yeah, Your hands are a bit dirty at the moment, mate. Oh, stop it! Right, yeah. okay. It's been
0: a pleasure this morning. Uh, we're going to play out with uh, a bit of Green Day, uh, Good Riddance, um, and we're handing over to DJ Zan. Song. Here we go. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio, proudly sponsored by the BPA.